All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Why are the playoffs better at Boston Pizza? Because we've optimized our sports bar experience by studying in-depth analytics, starting with our new BP Wing Ribs, currently leading all apps in wings above replacement, and deep-fried pickle wedges, an early favorite for the unanimous number one overall pickle. And, of course, the advanced stats darling and leader in pints per game, the new Beer Mosa. Catch the playoffs at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. The series is all tied up and things are getting spicy. We're wasting no time. Let's get into it with the lead. Welcome into Oilers Nation every day. As always, coming to you live from the Sports Closet studio. Check them out online, sportscloset.ca. Shout out to everyone in the Oilers Nation YouTube chat as well, where Evan Ferguson, he's in with the first comment and he wants us to break some good news, he says. Give us the news that Petrangelo has been suspended for three and Nurse is getting nothing. I don't think we're going to have that good of news for you uh, today on the show. But anyways, welcome in. The Oilers go and win. Sean Bell for Star Mechanical stopping by. Much more fun to talk about Game 4 than Game 3. 100%. Way more fun. Last time was really somber. It was kind of weird. But, you know, this is a a much better performance by the Oilers. Um, You know, they cleaned up defensively. They were... On the forge check, they were mm-hmm. physical. Like that's the other team that I think everybody knows should always show up, and and when they do, good things happen. That o- game four almost makes the game three loss more frustrating because you're like, it was totally within your grasp 100%. to go play that well in the last game, uh, Liam. But it was again for the third time in this series where ten minutes into the first period, or I shouldn't say that by the end of the first period, it's kind of like, ooh, 
there's very clearly one team in control and one team that is scrambling. Yeah, we really haven't had that game yet where both teams are playing at their best and kind of waiting for that to happen. I hope it doesn't. I hope the others just kind yeah. of cruise the rest of the way. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a, it's been a very interesting series. But yeah, the others took the bull by the horns last night and rode it all the way to the finish line. And for the second time in this series, we got some serious fireworks at the end yeah. of the game as well. Uh, Price is right style. How many total pims do you think there were last night, Sean? I'm going to go with 87. I'm going to go with 96. You are both well under 111 total penalty oh. minutes last night. 64 to the Vegas Golden Knights and 47 to the Oilers. I think that what probably skewed it a little bit is that Petrangelo would count as 15 alone, uh, right? They got a 10 yeah. as well. Five and a 10 for him. We had Nurse getting five, two for instigating and an instigator misconduct as well. So Nurse racked up 17 on that one play as well. Brett Howden was randomly given a 10 at the end of the game as well. Remember really? he clipped Skinner. Oh, and that's right. It was yeah. beer league style. I totally it was like, forgot about yeah. <laughs> it was like, you're go home. You're going home. Yamamoto gets hit into the night's bench. It's like, yeah, you're going home too. They just sent everyone home. And usually that's done to calm down the game. Mm-hmm. It did not have that effect <laughs> at all. It almost pissed everyone else off more. Something. That was something. Well, it's kind of weird. Like it's I'm watching the game and all of a sudden Yamamoto's getting sent down the tunnel. Yeah. I'm like, what did he do? Like, you know, for most part, like to give a 10, you've got to do something pretty yeah. egregious. Like at least it's, it used to be in the NHL. Or you gotta but, say something egregious, like yeah. something. Yeah, like, but now they're just handing out tens like Skittles. So I mean, that's <laughs> exciting stuff. Yeah, that's what we're all paying good money for. Is to see how <laughs> best players go down the tunnel. All-star Chandler Stevenson. See you later. Unbelievable. God, he was an all-star yeah, this year, hey? Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I was watching. This is just totally came to me because I was thinking about some Golden Knights who have been a little underwhelming in this series. Was watching the game with some buddies last night. One of them goes, William Carlson, hey, eh? He's hurt. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, he's he's played in all four of these hockey games, but he's been an absolute ghost. And again, I think you could find a bunch of guys on this Golden Knights team who haven't made an impact. And it again comes back to if the Oilers bring their A game, it's just no contest. And again, last night, that first 10 minutes of the first period, it was like, oh shit, they got it in this one. Yeah. Like the Oilers have such speed. They're they're big, they're physical. Like they can basically bully this team at, yeah. at any point that they want. And they've kind of proven that over the course of the series. But, you know, you just, like you mentioned earlier, why game three is so frustrating is because if they would have just brought their B plus, they're probably winning and they're probably up three, one. But you know, the fact that we're sitting here tied two two, you're probably as an oiler, you're looking, you're like, okay, we can go to Vegas. We've already taken one in Vegas and then we'll come back home and and hopefully win it, uh, you know, here in Edmonton. So it's looking up. They just got to come out with the jump that they show every single time they decide that they're, they're ready to go. All right. The chat wants us to talk suspension. So let's do it. Uh, let's start, Aaron. Let's throw up the Petrangelo here. This was just insane to see a guy like that. I mean, an Olympian all star to lose is cool like that. And it's almost like the more you watch this play, the more you're like, what are you thinking? And I love the response from Connor McDavid, making sure that Petrangelo doesn't go untouched after Petrangelo wanted to throw there. Connor McDavid. I mean, in the moment, I would have loved to hear how that building exploded if it was a Connor McDavid tilt. In hindsight, you absolutely don't want him doing that. This is nowhere near a hockey play. As McDavid said after, it's as clear of intent to injure as you can get. There is nothing going on there other than Petrangelo being pissed off in a way, just acting like a baby and trying to hurt the best player in the series. 
I, I couldn't agree more. Like, you know, for Petrangelo, he's been getting abused all series. So, you know, I think there's a bit of frustration yeah. here. Like, I think it was maybe three shifts or four shifts earlier. He get, does get cross-checked from behind on Nurse. Uh, sorry, by uh, Kane. So, you know, there is definitely is frustration on his part. He's probably not used to getting hit like this very often. So, comes up, he decides to hack him, you know, just there's no place for that in the league anymore. No. Um, so is he going to get suspended? I hope so. But the track record for me, at least in my opinion, suggests that the NHL doesn't necessarily protect its star players. So fine, $5,000 fine, maybe incoming. Oof. However, the only saving grace I could see from it is the fact that Nurse got kicked out on what you could call a ticky-tack instigator. Yeah. And so they might just say, you know what, both of you guys are going to get a game and we'll just make sure both fan bases are calm. Yeah. Let's watch uh, the Darnell Nurse play here now. Like he, the, what might, there's a couple things that I think might save Nurse on this play, Liam. One, you have the quotes coming out after from Stone. And I mean, if you watch the video, you can see Hag chirping at him for quite a bit before. Mm. Darnell Nurse's defense is he asked me to go off the face off. Yeah. And also, as, as the clip will loop back at some point here, and man, what a tilt also. Like, Great what a fight. fight between those two. Yeah. But Nurse doesn't take like a stride in, right? Like, he doesn't skate in. He glides in there and then eventually decides to jump Nick Hag a little bit. Uh, it is, I think you're right, ticky tack on the instigator call. I could see him rescinding it, but I also think Sean makes a good point, Liam. Like, I could also see him being like, Petro, Nurse, you know, in a way, best two defensemen on each team. You're both sitting the game and it's evened up. It doesn't make any sense because, like, yeah. Nurse can't hurt him by doing that. There's no intent to injure there. There's an intent to get into the fight and get an upper hand to start the fight. No intent to injure Petrangelo. There's no other way to frame it. Yeah, it does feel very NHL to give them both one one game each, right? Yeah. And just say, hey, we'll call it evens when one guy clearly was trying to damage the other guy. And I guess they both kind of were, but either way. Yeah, I don't know. This just seems like a weird one to me to give a suspension, but I can kind of see it going that way. But the Petrangelo one, just a look, like I, it feels like every time you watch it, it's like a little bit extra that you kind of notice. Like, look when he actually raises his stick to come down for the slash. He's at like the face off dog. Yeah. Like, he takes a good couple of seconds of that stick in the air to swing it down on him. And I just, I just can't it's see insane. how George Peros can sit there and think, you know what? That's equivalent to one game of what Darnell Nurse did too. Like for me, if you're going to suspend them both, sure. But if that's the case, Petrangelo's got to get two and Nurse will get one. I just don't see that happening at all. I think they either both get one or they both don't get any. Part, part of the reason though I don't like the Darnell Nurse one is like, as you see him gliding in, he obviously grabs Haig yep. and he waits for him to drop his gloves. Like That's Darnell right. didn't just auto yeah. shed. Like he waited, he held on to him. Haig drops his gloves right away and then starts throwing mm -hmm. punches. And then you're, you've got your fight. So like, is it an instigator? Yes, because you came down from the blue and you know, you grabbed him. But like, this isn't to me an instigator penalty where you just go grab this guy and you get the advantage right out of the gates. Mm -hmm. Like, He's given them the opportunity. He obliges, and then they have a good fight. Yeah, they gave it. There was there was a respect in the dropping of the gloves. I yeah. guess you could say, right? Yeah. And then you had Nurse after, like, you what a vintage playoff moment, blowing the kisses, laugh. <laughs> yeah. Like he was laughing. Also, if you want to talk about the code, even in this, you're right. Nurse waits for him to drop his gloves. Hag throws a cheap shot after the linesman get in as that's well, true. and that and that's when Nurse started laughing. So we'll watch the full tilt here, and uh, 
bag milk came in to make sure we were all properly fired up uh, for that one. But like, this is a vintage old time scrap. Both these guys bloodied, like bleeding from their mouths and laughing as they skate off the ice. And I didn't like that cheap shot there from Hag either. I think there is, there are more than enough reasons to say this was a mutual fight. If the Oilers, I don't think you get the chance to have a hearing for these. I'm pretty sure it's just a league review which is almost a shame because Nurse could have came loaded with some ammo. Like right before that, they showed a montage on the broadcast of all the moments where Hag and Nurse had been chirping each other throughout the series, not just the game. It's been like three games in a row. So like Instigator and all this has been premeditated from since uh, game two or game Mm -hmm. three. So, you know, it's, um, I I don't know. Once again, Instigator, yes, because you came down from the blue. But if you're going to give Nurse one for that, you better give Petrangelo yeah. at minimum one. I, my final thought on it is, it's absolutely wild that we're having a conversation on if a man who is coming in with two hands on his stick <laughs> and tomahawking somebody should get suspended or not. And that's this where I'm at. It should be like written in the rules that like, yes, this is this many games. It's just wild. Okay. I don't know. No fence sitting. Official prediction. I am actually saying one for Petro, none for Nurse. I'm going to go one and one. I'm going to go one and one too. All right. Well, so maybe. NHL. We may find out by the end of the show uh, what what could happen with that. There's one comment in here. YouTube chat's absolutely rocking right now. But Matthew is in and says, if we're going to talk about the Petrangelo suspension, Nurse cross-check, or sorry, Kane cross-checking Petrangelo last game is the same thing. No. And I actually couldn't disagree with that any less. That's two guys going into a scrum. And like Kane got a two-minute cross-checking penalty or high-sticking, whatever it was. Stick to shoulder, and then it rides up yep. a little bit. like. It's a bad play. It's a penalty. But the intent there isn't really to injure the same way. Like there is zero hockey play in that at all from Petrangelo, where at least with Kane, it's like, a okay, you can see he's going into a scrum and wants to engage with a guy. Yeah. Like on the Kane one, you know, guys were just trying to play out the period. And he was kind of like, we're not playing out the period. Like I'm going to stir this up. Yeah. That was a game where, you know, the, the weathers are listless yep. and he's trying to add a little bit of spice to it. So he comes in. He's a little bit high with his hit, rides up from the shoulder. So it's not the same because you look at Petrangelo once again, like you guys already mentioned, he has his stick raised at mm-hmm. the face-off dot <laughs> and he is ready to come down on this guy's wrist. Like mm-hmm. massive difference in my opinion. And one other thing too, I actually think the one Kane play on Petrangelo that was worse was when he boarded him like moments before. Yeah, I'm kind of 50-50 on it because Petrangelo kind of turns into it a little bit, but either way, the NHL needs to protect players when they're they in vulnerable positions like that. And I think that is way worse than the cross check. I think there was a little bit of Petrangelo, like he got hit in the shoulder and then like turned into the yeah. boards. But I think you're right. I would like to see him go harder on that. Like that Me too. It, that doesn't need to be a major in the way no. that I think some other calls throughout these playoffs should have been a major. Eberle on Cogliano, oh uh, the one on Bouchard and OT against Vegas, Kempe on Bouchard. Like those should be majors. But yeah, this one, I think it could have been two for boarding. Uh, we'll get a look at it like, here. He definitely turns into yeah. it. Kane can't really do anything about it, but it's still, a, it's an awkward play, right? Yeah. Like the, the NHL does, they go out of their way to take headshots out. Yeah. But then you look at these plays here and you're like, these might be just as bad as headshots. I think like, so. Yeah. At some point, if you catch a guy in the wrong spot and depending on how far away from the board is like, he could break his neck. So yeah. like, well, Cogliano. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't understand why you think that's a better play than the headshot mm-hmm. where the guy's coming, you know, east, west, and he basically tries to decapitate mm-hmm. somebody like yeah. it's the same thing. 
you're putting your players in safety. So maybe crack down on that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the chat actually just reminded me of another one early in the game. And like Vegas was unglued from the jump in this one. The Shea mm-hmm. Theodore spear on Clem Costin. Oh, yeah. oh, but boy. like again, when you see that replay, like okay, Costin gives them a shot. They're battling whatever. Theodore almost like turns around and like looks at the ref and then is like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm still going to do this. <laughs> and it cost him because they go down two nothing immediately. There were a lot and I was tough on the officiating and I said the officiating decided game three in a way. It was a part of it. Last night, I thought the officiating went the other way where they missed some stuff on the Oilers. I thought Yamo could have gotten a cross check on Stone. Stone, That was dirty. That one, I thought you could have called the boarding here on Evander Kane on Petrangelo as well. This is one where, I mean, maybe you call that third cross check, but... Still, Theodore's the the clear one there. I thought there were some missed calls on the Oilers in that one, but Vegas almost doesn't have much of a leg to stand on because one, they still got four power plays in the game and just didn't take advantage of them. And two, they made a ton of really dumb, undisciplined plays that led them to that point. Because the Oilers got under their skin. This is what the Oilers should have done in game three as well. I know the game was a little bit out of reach, but maybe you could have got it closer. Like This team is good enough to score four goals in a period but they did nothing in game three to cause that. And what they did in game four, where they got under Vegas's skin early and caused penalties like that, allowed them to take the lead and basically cruise to victory in a way. So the Oilers just kind of got to keep doing that. Kind of, we keep calling other teams rats. The Oilers got to be rats, to be honest. And they got to, they got to be the aggressors, which they were last night. And they got to continue that because clearly Vegas does not like to play that way. Yeah. Like, you know, Vegas is a team, for most part over the course of the year that took minimal penalties. They were like the least penalized team in the league. Exactly. So the Oilers, the way that they're playing right now, they're almost playing a little bit of bully hockey, yep. right? Like they're being ultra physical. Um, they're taking shots when they need to. So I think that's starting to wear on, wear on the, the nights a little bit because the last thing you want is every single time you touch the puck, your lips are up against the glass. Like <laughs> that sucks. So, you know, guys are starting to get a little bit of frustrated get frustrated for sure. Mm-hmm. And now you're starting to see some of those, you know, those ticky tack calls. I mean, once again, like you look at that cost in one, you probably could have called the third cross check. The yep. first two, you know, he felt those, the third one's probably when he's like, Oh, yeah. I'm going to wear this for a bit. And then he decided to turn around and, and poke him. So, you know, it's just starting to turn in terms of how mm-hmm. the others are playing. And now it's getting inside their heads. And the thing with that too, is it completely eliminates Vegas's star players. Jack Eichel was essentially irrelevant to the game last night, much like he was in game two when the Oilers allowed themselves to dictate the game with their aggression. And mm-hmm. Mark Stone can play that way a little bit, but yeah, you're not really seeing Arbashev as much, right? Because they're being assholes when they're playing and they do not yeah. want to be involved in that kind of hockey. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because actually when you talked about you know Gam- Gamamoto's uh, cross-check on Stone, if you watch him coming back, like he looks like he's in pain. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right? he was, he was yeah. the last guy in the zone. Mm-hmm. The puck goes across the ice to the Ekholm, and then that's when he buries it. But like he comes back and he looks like he's in trouble. Yeah, I definitely thought they could have called that. As Christopher Palmer says in the chat, though, cross-checking feels illegal in the playoffs, and it is kind of getting to that point. Like uh, Cam Sharon at the Athletic, who does some stuff with DFO as well, he's actually gone and looked into the numbers of how later in a series the penalties usually dive right down, and refs are way more hesitant because again they're doing the whole. I don't want to be the guy that decides this, right? And they let a, a ton more go as the series goes on. So it'll be interesting to see if that trend continues or if the officials get maybe even a note from the supervisor of like, we can't let, like last night, we can't let that happen in game five. Like yeah. if you're on it early, 
it won't. And I mean, last night, I guess it still did. But anyways, I'm just interested to see how the, the trend of officiating will continue in this series. Which is like such an interesting thing. Uh, thing about it too. I feel like if you can t- consistently call the penalties, won't players just kind of adapt to what you're calling and then just you would play more hockey. I yeah. feel like than what yeah. kind of happened last night is awesome to watch, but eventually one of those star players is going to get hurt from a major slash like that. Yeah. yeah it's just setting that standard. Yeah, play. exactly. Like this, guys, this is what we're calling today. Mm. You send it out to all the teams and then guys will adapt just yeah, like you mentioned. Sure. So uh, I definitely think they got to get rid of those cross checks because those are yep. getting some, uh, mm-hmm. they're getting a little bit hairy. I have tweet notifications turned on for the Department of Player Safety and their account. <laughs> so my phone keeps lighting up with tweets. It's just the Oilers sending out like press conference stuff. But I am eagerly anticipating that update from the Department of Player Safety. Okay, we've talked about all the extracurriculars, but let's really dive into the other parts of that hockey game. You know, the actual hockey that was played with our three big things <laughs> for Betway 19 plus, please play responsibly. Uh, last, yesterday, we did a squad ride on Oilers win, dry settle two plus points. Yeah. Him missing that empty netter by six inches is the reason we didn't hit our bet. I know. And Pain. It, and then it, the moment kind of erased itself after everything that happened. But yeah, I thought that too. I was like, man, that would have been a, that would have been a great low one. Yeah. But bag milk. Bag Milk had a big one last night. He emptied the clip on a Ryan Nugent yes. Hopkins goal. And that is our number one big thing. <laughs> Nuggy number 93 finds the back of the net for the first time in this series. The reaction from Connor McDavid Amazing. when he scored. I mean, that's just heartwarming stuff. But the thing I liked about that shift where he scored, Nugent Hopkins was buzzing. Mm-hmm. He wasn't around the perimeter, made a couple of nice physical plays, and then he does his little loop and boom, find some open space. That, like that was his best shift of the series and it got him rewarded. Yeah, like I think he definitely needs to start to, you know, pick that more up. Like he was really good. In that shift, mm-hmm. he was physical, like you mentioned. He had a couple chances. He actually had one before that as well. And I think based off of Connor's reaction, like he knew that the Nuge was clearly <laughs> fighting it and wasn't having his best stuff so far in the playoffs. And hopefully that ignites him. And if it does, like once again, like Vegas, how are you going to stop this team now? Because Connor's going, Drysdale's going. Now you potentially have Nuge. Yeah. Kane's being an ultra rat. Mm-hmm. So like you're starting to get these pieces going and it's just going to make the Oilers harder to stop. Yep, totally. Uh, and I love our boy Tristan Sergeant battle in the chat, the low blocker special. Like it's, <laughs> a, it was a vintage nude goal of pick it up, snapshot, low blocker. And every celebration he does for however many goals he has in the NHL is the exact same. It's the one foot up <laughs> little double fist bump. And uh, yeah, there's Connor making sure Nugent Hopkins gets some extra love after the goal that put the Oilers up 5-1 in that hockey game. And uh, they scored five, but they only really needed to score two. And our second big thing is the fact that Stuart Skinner had an excellent hockey game. Yes. And there have been some games this year where, or in these playoffs where he's played like good, but it's gotten overshadowed. I think about like game six against LA where he was good, but you know, Yamo scored the big goal. Skinner had the gaff. So like the good stat line and the big saves early kind of got buried. I don't want that to happen in this game. Skinner stopped 25 to 26 and made some huge stops early. The one on Mark Stone point blank before Yamamoto buried him was a massive stop. When the Oilers were shorthanded early in the game, first shift of the game, he made that one stop on Eichel on the one timer from the top of the circles. Excellent. That was a hell of a bounce back from Stuart Skinner. Well, we talked about this last time I was in, you know, making sure that Stuart Skinner was able to make those big saves because we hadn't seen that over the course of the playoffs. Like he makes the ones that he's supposed to, but Last night's game, he makes those big saves. He actually keeps the Oilers, you know, in the game. Not in the game, but he keeps it 
enough away of a separation between, you know, the Oilers and the, and the Knights that they don't get any momentum. So it was nice to see that happen. And if he can continue that, once again, it just adds a little bit more to the Oilers, better team, harder to give, you know, score against deeper in the playoffs. Yeah. Liam, Stu. Great game. Shout out to Woody for making the call too, right? I think, yeah. you know, we ran the poll in our chat. It was 55-45 Skinner Campbell. Woody stuck stuck with his guy. To me, it was never really a conversation, to be honest. I think you had to go with Skinner last night. Just the confidence thing too, right? If you turn away from him, then what does that do for him? When If you win that game, what do you do after that, right? So I think Skinner was fantastic. He obviously made a number of saves, but also the Oilers... The Oilers made his big save savable, if that makes sense. Like they didn't allow like two on ones and all that kind of stuff. Like the saves he had to make were great, but they weren't anything that he had to really extend himself to do. So I yeah. think just a credit all around to the team defense and everything. And his team was completely different last night. And whatever the team is in front of him is exactly what Stuart Skinner will be on a nightly basis, I think. Yeah, I think that's a great point because they did make life in front of him easier in that hockey game, but there were still some yep, moments. Big saves for sure. um, and hey, that brings me right to my third big thing for Betway. Let me rattle off five on five shots against for the Oilers in this series. Game one, 27. Game two, 23. Game three, 27. Last night, 13. That was the best game this blue line has played, Sean. And I yeah. thought Vinny DeHarnay made a couple of excellent plays, and one of them was actually on the first goal by Bukesad, where Vinny just made a great little close of the gap, pinched his guy up against the boards. Boom. Vegas was trying to chip that in deep. Yep. They waited too long. Vinny squashed that play back the other way, back at the net, just like that. I thought everyone on the blue line was solid. They, they were really good. Um, they simplified their game. Like they weren't yep. trying to overextend in any way, uh, shape, or form. Like, and that's usually when the other teams are the best because their defense are they're good. Every single one of them is good. Like Nurse is good, but there's no Kale McCars out here. So if you try to play like Kale McCarr, you're usually going to get caught. Yeah. And they played to their strengths. They, they moved pucks quickly. Um, you know, they separated guys from the puck. It, it was a really, really good uh, all round game from the Oilers defense. How uh, awesome would it have been if Dehane had buried that chance? Oh. At the end? <laughs> and he's had a couple of looks now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That would have just been absolutely amazing to see Dehane coming down, snap it in. I think that building would have erupted louder than what when Nuge did. It would yep. have been unreal. I, I agree with you. On that yeah. For sure. That would have been sweet. Uh, just looking, no Oilers defenseman got outshot at five on five in that hockey game. The worst stat line was CC and the shots were eight, five. So like the fact that that right there is the sixth defenseman on your little list of shots for shots against that says a lot. And I actually thought CC was really good on the PK last yep, game. And you good. and I, or we talked about that on the last show, like him not playing tough enough in front of his own net and not making those little plays that you want your defense first defenseman to make. Mm. I thought CC was much better last night. Do you think? Here's an interesting question. Okay. Is six defensemen better than seven for the defenseman? I guess Sean must be a better yeah. question. Yeah. Okay. Because you feel like you can get in the groove of the game, mm. right? Like I think when you have seven, you know, you might miss a shift here. You're not used to missing those shifts. And mm. all of a sudden now your minutes go from, let's say 18 to 16. Like it's a, it's a big difference yep. because you're sitting on the bench and, you know, sometimes guys just really like to get into the game and they don't, uh, they don't miss those extra shifts. So, mm. As a defenseman, it's way easier to go 12 and 6. But I understand why, you know, the Oilers are going 11 and 7. It's interesting though, isn't it? Because it feels like whenever we, we talk about the defense a lot and how it how it's weak and all this stuff, but we always want the others to play 11 and 7. 
but they played so well last night with six defensemen. So now it'll be interesting to see like next game, what they're going to do. I guess that's all going to depend on if nurse is playing or not too. Right. Yeah. Cause if nurse is going to have to sit for the one game, you're bringing in Broberg. Oh, what do you do there? Like, let's, let's so, walk down that line there. Right. There's is, a, sorry. Go so ahead. I was going to say, I've, I've had this thought okay. kept me up all night. Bouchard at home. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. And then I think you go Kulak Dayane as your second pairing. And then I would go Broberg CC. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't think that because the thing that you can't go Broberg Dayane, right? That is just, it feels like a no go. Or I can think you, you can, think you, you can. could. Yeah. Okay. And I think Kulak CC <laughs> could be interesting. I think so too. My idea behind it was just, you couldn't do Broberg and see, and they are I, I think can. you can, yeah. because you know what they're going to do is they're going to say, okay, well, nurses out of the lineup. How can we get Ekholm, Bouchard and CC out on the ice more? Yes. So instead of, they're not going to truly have a true six man rotation. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, okay, Ekholm, you're going to be with Bouchard. Okay, next shift, you might be with ARNA. Like they'll mix it up to the point where it's like, it's not even a factor. Right. But I don't mind <laughs> what Broberg's been doing in the playoffs. Like he's played a simple game. He's not really trying to overextend like it's quick puck movement, get it to the mm-hmm. forwards and then get off the ice. Yes. And actually Vinny was kind of, <laughs> you know, the same last night. So yeah. I don't mind it. I think it would all come down to Broberg's a very sensible defenseman, but Dehan Ney would have to be sensible uh, in that situation, right? For it to maybe work a little bit more, but they're definitely the counter opposites of each other. So it's not like they both be flying around the ice, would it? QF pro says maybe you run Brett Kulak, Cam Deneen. Hey, we brought him in for a reason. <laughs> what? Do you, if you say Ryan Murray, I'm, <laughs> I'm changing the shot. And you're out of the show. <laughs> I was going to say, do you, do you bring in Nima Linen and go seven? Or do you think just uh, a six is kind of the, you think six? Yeah, I think six. you can trust yeah. Broberg. Yeah. I think it. you can too. And I think eventually if he's part of this franchise, you've got to trust him at one point. Yeah. So hopefully it just doesn't get to that situation. They can just roll him lineup. To be fair, the chat is torn, Liam. There's a bunch of people who are saying you can't go, uh, can't go Broberg, Deharnay. There's some people saying you split up at Coleman Bouchard and just try to keep one of them out there at all times. I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. If anything, in this situation, the hypothetical world of nurses suspended, Ekholm and Bouchard are probably playing 28 minutes in yeah. that scenario. You're yeah. going to need them. I like Kulak's going to probably get more minutes. Like yes. a pinch, he could probably be a 25 minute guy. It just depends how he plays the game. Like the yeah. way he's been yeah. playing right now, where he's skating the puck tons, like you probably don't want that. Mm-hmm. But he, in one game, 25 minutes out of Kulak, you're probably not in a bad position. Yeah, for sure. And the thing is, too, the Oilers have been in this situation last season when Nurse got suspended for headbutting Deneau, right? So, oh, yeah. So was, it's he, been he around. Say, what, game six or was uh, it game seven? It was seven? game four. Wasn't it, was, it game three he, got, he headbutted him? Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to double check it. I think it was game three and the Oilers absolutely spanked LA. You were there. Yeah, I was they there. destroyed LA in LA and everyone was like, oh, we don't need nurse. He was there, but he wasn't <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> it game was game five. So he had to say game six for the must win. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Hmm, that is interesting. And in game seven, they barely, they didn't play him that much. They only played him 20 minutes in game seven as well. So yeah, it's going to be the second straight playoff run where Darnell Nurse is going to be forced uh, to sit a game here. Game five goes Friday night in Vegas. We are going to be watching that bad boy down at Greta. Big playoff party. Yes. Place is going to be rocking. It'll be, it'll be a big one. Um, we spoke about it yesterday. I'm excited for the food at Greta. 
That's what I look forward to the most. Pizza, the taquitos. pizza, taquitos, top notch, top notch. Well, Belzy, if you're free Friday, we'll we'll see you. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, thanks for hopping in. Yeah, no there you problem. Go. Anytime. Sean Bell for our friends at Star Mechanical. You can find them online, StarMechanical.ca. Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And let's uh, get back into this, Liam, with a little bit more talk for Boston Pizza and their new menu inspired mm. by Fanalytics. Speaking of good food, that's not a bad spot to watch the playoffs at BP's either. Do you see that? No. Am I finger trapped in the microphone? Well, you got to be careful. <laughs> hey, but it's the playoffs. Everyone's got to play injured every once in a while. True. You know? We're all hurt. No one's injured. Yeah. Uh, also, what are you wearing? Today, I am in my banana shirt. I wasn't worried. I knew that. Oh. I could recognize that on top of it. This is a Nashville Sounds jersey that I, I went to a game a few years ago when I was in Nashville. Okay. And they, I think they are the Texas Rangers AAA team mm-hmm. or AA team or something. It was amazing. I sat row three and their, um, what do you call it? Jumbotron is just a massive guitar. And you bought a jersey. It was a hundred bucks. I don't Americans. hate, I don't hate that choice. 700 Canadian. Anyway, some numbers for our friends at Boston Pizza and their Fanalytics inspired menu. Uh, you mentioned 12 and 6, and we really mm. drilled down on the 6 part of that. But let's talk a little bit about the 12 part of that and the way Jay Woodcroft split up his ice time because there have been points in the series where we've been breaking down a game and you go, whoa, there were 10 different combinations of forwards who played at least a minute or at least two shifts together at mm-hmm. 5 on 5. This was the breakdown of last game. The Oilers only ran four lines. These were the only combinations of three players that played more than two shifts together at any really? point in that hockey game. And then look how evenly it's split up as well. Mm-hmm. Kane, Drysaddle, Yamamoto, 739 in that game. And in that span, they did get outshot uh, five to four. The next uh, trio up, McDavid, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins. That trio, 734, outshot the Vegas Golden Knights eight to nothing. Did not allow a shot when those three were all on the ice together. Bukestad, Yanmark, and Costin played 640. And then uh, Fogel, McLeod, and Derek Ryan played 433. I know Fogel and McLeod played a few more minutes later in the game, but not with Derek Ryan when uh, Woodcroft started to blend things up. But that trio also outshot the Golden Knights three to nothing. So 
Woody went with the 12 and six approach. And I think it actually paid off both offensively and defensively. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at it there, right? Drysdale and McDavid didn't play together as much five on five. And I think that's actually what's vital for this team because the others obviously have a ton of skill, but it does come from Drysdale and McDavid. And you need that to be activated by those two players. So I think having them split up for large chunks of the game is. Yeah. is critical for the rest of this series. And I think this is also just what the Oilers need in some familiarity when you go out there, right? Like yeah, the tw- maybe. 11 and 7, I think, works very, very well. And I don't want that to go away. But sometimes when you're in a bit of a pinch and it's like, okay, well, we just got spanked in our own barn in game three. We need to kind of get things rolling a yeah. little bit here. And I think it was good that Woodcroft went to this and you got some strong minutes out of those uh, bottom, bottom six forwards yeah. as well. Uh, just looking here, Guitar Maniac said that 107137 line was outstanding. Adam is in and says, man, that bottom line makes a huge impact with the with little time. Very impressed with our depth. That's actually the line that stood out the most to me. One, Derek Ryan just like doesn't make bad plays. Never. I don't think he's made an unforced error in these playoffs. Like he just gets it. And like I like there are times where he'll like turn it over or get sure. bumped off a puck, but he never makes like a dumb play with the puck on his stick. Bukestad, Yanmark, Costin, I was surprised they played that much, but a lot of it came in garbage time when they were just rolling them out there when the score was kind mm-hmm. of out of reach. So that skewed the numbers a little bit. If that was a close hockey game, I don't think this split would have been the same. And if this was a closer hockey game, maybe Woody would have tried to get Drysettle and McDavid out there a little bit more. But at the end of the day, he had the luxury to play his depth more and his depth rewarded him at varying points in that game. Yeah, he did. And uh- and like, uh, so I can't remember who said it, but that that fourth line, fourth line is what it is of the McLeod, Fogel, and Ryan is so effective every single time they go out there. And they really just play such simple, quick hockey. Yeah. Like it's just, it's something that Vegas just hasn't really been able to counter, which is very odd. But yeah, the the fourth line and third line are just giving you such big minutes at the moment that they're they're critical. And we spoke about it yesterday though, right? Where we said, it's important that the depth shows up, but you need your best players to show yeah. up too. And I think last night was just a perfect recipe for the Oilers in all aspects. Derek, the pharmacist Ryan comes through uh, for the Oilers in that hockey game and plays the <laughs> least amount of anyone, but he played some noticeable minutes. And, that, and that's the point we're trying to make there. Uh, let's move along to our cooler question of the day brought to you by Labatt Canada and our friends at Greta. You know, the cooler is going to be rocking when we get to Greta on Friday. Wheel this bad boy in Gavin. Yep. Over a bunch of cables. <laughs> Stuck on my mic stand. There we go. It's in the shot. It's in the shot. Is it in the shot? It's in the shot. <laughs> All right. Where's our cooler question? Ah, there it is. It's a Bud Light today. Ooh. A nice, refreshing Bud Light, Liam. Is Aiden Hill on the rat list? Run the Evander Kane clip again. Because uh, that'll give you your answer. <laughs> my answer is yes. This dude is a rat. He's American Hockey League Jordan Binnington. He's wish.com Jordan Binnington. This dude's the third string goalie of the Vegas Golden Knights who's made one career playoff start and has gotten lit up in one career playoff (laughs) start. Yet he acts like he's got Vesna's and all-star nods Mm. under his belt. The dude is a rat. Confirm. Confirmed. Confirmed. Frank, tweet it. Sources say Aiden Hill's a rat. (laughs) <laughs> it is funny, Tyler, at the start of the of the series. Still a rat. Still a rat. Aiden Hill's still a rat. I don't care if the job. We at the start of the series we spoke about like, oh, who's Vegas's rat? And we were like, oh, I don't know. Like maybe Keegan Colasal, but we were unsure. The list is growing every single night. Oh yeah, man. Aiden uh, Hill, 
William Carrier took the award home after game two. Yeah. Uh, uh, Alex Petrangelo, unexpected rat, I will admit. Very unexpected Boy, rat. oh boy, is he coming along quite nicely. Yeah. Um, I'll give uh, Nicholas Haig one too for I'll his throw Nick Haig on the rat list. On Chandler Stevenson is not only a fraudulent NHL all-star, he's yeah. also a rat. Yeah, big rat. Um, yeah, is is really growing. Braden McNabb, bit of a rat, but I will give him credit. He's, He's a big tough, boy. Tough as nails. Yeah. Uh, William Carlson, if he was playing in this series, <laughs> he would be considered a rat. Ah, tough yeah. one. Uh, Mike Amadio, seven minutes a night. Tough to be a rat when you barely see the ice. Mm. Uh, Ivan Barbashev isn't doing a whole heck of a lot. Dash Scared. two last game. He's kind of a rat, though. Jonathan Marshall, though, I actually kind of like him as a player, Great and I think respect. he's fun to watch, um, but he's, he's a little bit of a rat. Shea Theodore spearing guys in the junk. That's a rat move. Nick Hag, obviously a rat who throws punches after the linesmen have already mm. came in. There are rats forming in this Golden Knights team, and it is hilarious when we sat at the beginning of the series and we're like, I don't know if there's anyone on this team yeah. that you can dislike. Oh, baby, there's guys on this team you can dislike. I, uh, Big time. I won't put Keegan Colos on the list, though. I actually have a little bit of respect for him. He's going to stand up for himself. He's going to play hard. The the elbow last night was a bit unnecessary. Though. Rat I with pride. Rat with pride, yes. <laughs> Different category. Uh, yeah. Brett Howden. Brett Howden's a rat. Yeah. Although, that was a really bad call. Which one? The one on Skinner at the end. He did it twice, though. Okay, but the first time, I think, like, maybe I totally missed it on the replay. To me, it looked like on the first one, Skinner tried to, like, draw the penalty and just fell. Oh, did he? And then on the second one, Kay Howden came through the crease, but it's like Skinner's in his net, sees Howden coming, and goes right to the top of the paint and then gets clipped. I was just kind of like, yeah. Smart play. I guess. (laughs) I mean... If any, I would argue not a smart play because the power play came too late and it hurts their percentage. <laughs> True. Damn you, Stuart. One for six last night were the Oilers. Not that good enough. Brutal. What are we down to now? 51? <laughs> Actually, that's a great question. <laughs> I'm going to double check that quickly. Uh, but yeah, the Oilers one for six on the power play. But that means they outscored the Golden Knights three to one at five on five. That is a big, big win yeah. for the Oilers. Like a, a win within the win. Especially is the biggest Interesting point for me last night is Oilers killed a lot of narratives that were created between game three and four in the sense yeah. of, you know, they can't score far five on five. Like they did, they, they, they kind of quit, right? They weren't bullying like yeah. they did. And then they came this around now for the rest of the series. The Oilers got to do this. Cause I don't want to have a conversation on Sunday when we do this show again, being like, why did the Oilers not show up? They yeah. need to show up big time in Vegas. On Sunday, who should we extend an invite to for a Sunday show? Belzy or Cowboy Chris? Oh, boy. Both. Gonna have a full studio. I This studio is sweaty as hell, and I don't. And that's with the amount of people we have now, which is four. I love Belzy, but let's do Cowboy Chris, because we had Cowboy Chris for when the Oilers eliminated Daily Kings. So yeah, we need okay, a big one. Cowboy Chris has brought some good karma to the yeah, show. We'll get Cowboy Chris in the mix for Sunday unless he's busy coaching youth sports or whatever else he does <laughs> on his weekends. Uh, Ron says, with an Edmonton series win, the Oilers have home ice in the Western Conference Final. That is correct. The Oilers would get home ice in the Western Conference Final, but you cannot look ahead. This series is a best of three. Yes. The Oilers ain't up 3-1. The Oilers can't put the Golden Knights away. They got to play at least two more hockey games and two more damn good hockey games to get this series wrapped up. So we'll see. Someone keeps asking if we've heard anything on Donald Nurse yet. Not yet. If it happens during the show, we will keep you updated. But I don't think anything will come on Petrangelo until we, uh, sorry, on Nurse until we know about Petrangelo. I don't think they're going to be at the same time. 
No, probably not. I think it'll come like somewhat close because they won't want to keep everyone speculating yeah. and waiting. But yeah, I don't. I doubt the releases drop at the same time. We'll see what the Department of Player Safety uh, decides to do that with this one. Christopher says Cowboy is still looking for his iPad. FIFA says Cowboy Chris. Ryan Sharp says Captain Felton should come in and hang out. I actually think he might be coming to the office anyways today. I don't know if he's watching. Yeah. I know I extended the invite to him when I ran into him at the Oilers game. So, uh, so we'll see. Danger Suede says, invite Jonathan Quick. Let's hear his perspective. You think there's any shot Vegas makes a goaltending change? Uh, no, no. I, I, uh, you know what? I don't know. No, I, I would say likely not, but I would not be shocked. But boy, oh boy, would I like to see Jonathan Quick in this series. Me too. Really, just light. Was it ever on? I don't know. How much brighter did we just get? Probably a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Oh well. <laughs> Live studio yeah. show. Um, one thing too, just on the others, I think they've got to do with obviously talking about Aiden Hill being a rat. Let's get under his skin in game five. Let's oh yeah. I'd be going to the paint hard every time. Every time, every single time. Like you don't need to pass. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get under him. You gotta get it started because he's going to lose his cool. And that's what's kind of helped the others a little bit yesterday. Right. It's not necessarily him, but just Vegas in general. So get on him early, get him going. Yeah. Clearly, this team has no discipline when they when you're in the head. Totally came unglued. How many pims did they? Yeah, uh, Petrangelo got 15 pims last night, which was the big one. And uh, Darnell Nurse, I want to double check what they gave him. Would have been a five, a ten, and a two, right? Yeah, seventeen. Yeah. So those two right there, 32 penalty minutes within two players. Uh, Matthew Jogula, get Gene on. Gene on Owen Radio would be legendary. We've had Gene on Owen Radio in the past. Also, a new episode of that is going to drop tomorrow. So that'll help get you set for game five. We'll have this show tomorrow. Sherwood Ford, giant mm-hmm. game day edition of things. Maybe we'll try and get Frank on again. He told me he'd be open to doing two a week during the playoffs. And I said, listen, Frank, we're busy. We're a busy mm-hmm. show. We had a lot going on. Got the cooler question. Cooler question. I said, we got Frank, our, our rat list. Yeah, we got the rat list. We always need to update. I yeah. said, Frank, if we bring you on, when are we going to do the AMA Travel Out of Town scoreboard? And he said, I don't know what that is. I was like, oh, well. You don't watch enough, Frank. Yeah, you don't watch enough, Frank. Uh, let's get to the AMA Travel Out of Town scoreboard. Last night, the Leafs stayed alive. Go, Leafs, go. Go, Leafs, go. I want them to lose in seven so <laughs> bad. So bad. I want that little leaf garden they hang out in mm. during the games outside. I want that to be so rocking, and then I want them to lose four nothing on home ice in Game Seven. I think it'd be so funny. There's uh, there's so many narratives I want to happen in that yeah. Leaves Panther series. They all result in the Leaves losing, mm-hmm. but the first one I wanted was the Leaves to lose last night so that they would be the only team never to have a second round win. That's obviously happened. So now I really, really want in that Game Seven and for them to just collapse on home ice yeah. again. I think that would just be it would be historical. And hysterical. People are suggesting like guests for us to get on the show. People think we should get Jack Michaels on the show. Someone said NHL Sid. No one even knows what he looks like. Never met Um, NHL. So yeah, I've never met (laughs) NHL Sid, and he's worked here for a handful of years. Longer than me. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. That is some tonight on the AMA Travel Out of Town scoreboard. We got Carolina looking to put away Jersey. I don't think that series is done. I think it is. You think so? I'll bet you a ice cold Bud Light. I'm taking the Canes on the puck line. Ooh, I plus one eighty five. I'm a, I am a fan of taking the puck line in an elimination. Game. I know we have no data to back it up, but we Zero. both like it. A lot of heart though. Hey, if Vegas is pulling the goalie in the game four when you're down by three. I think Jersey might pull it if, uh, if yeah. they're down by a couple. I think the logic there though, Liam, would almost be if you think a team's going to win their elimination game, you like the puck line. Take two and a half. 
<laughs> I might do that tonight. No, that I is. might. Uh, good. And you wants your dad, Tony on the show. <laughs> he would love it. He would he love it. Would. He's got a, he's got a lot of opinions. He's got takes. He's got some big ones. Yeah. Uh, also Dallas, <laughs> Seattle tonight is tied up at two. So it's a best of three there. I'm rooting for Seattle hard. What? Go stars, go. Why? Because whatever the Dallas stars do, the Edmonton Oilers do the next night. I am ah, not messing with end. that mojo. That's due to end. <laughs> no, go stars. Do you want a hundred bucks on that one too? No, I'll bet we bet a hundred bucks on that. Sorry, I someone someone triggered my dad. So my dad and I made a bet last night. Oh, that uh, my dad bet me one hundred dollars that Petrangelo wouldn't get suspended. I how are you gonna spend that hundred? It's a lock. I I, uh, I don't know. I think I might have a nice weekend with it. Maybe if. I'll put it all on uh, the others to win on the puck line on, on Friday if, if I get it. That'll set the tone for a good night. Yeah, at Greta. I'll, I'll, one way or another. Last time we were at Greta, we had a hell <laughs> of an evening, so that'll be good. Uh, see, a lot of people are saying Go Stars Go in the chat. Listen, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. There is no connection between the Oilers and Stars. It's just a coincidence. And I want Seattle next round if the Oilers make it. So You're there you go. with Mojo, man. You play him with fire. I don't think so. Over 420 people watching the show, only 95 likes. If you're watching on the Oilers Nation YouTube, hammer that like button here as we wrap up. Are you putting your money where your mouth is with those stars and devil's thoughts? You parlaying those bad boys over on Betway? Yeah, I may as well. I'm playing the Canes, and I like the over in that game, too. Goalies have been, like, weirdly bad. Someone said, no more Liam and Tyler. We have Tony and whatever Tyler's dead name is. Tony and Ross. That would joke. actually be so like if we just started a show <laughs> and it was just our dad sitting here and then they threw to the lead and it was just back to us. Switched it back. That would That'd be, be a great a intro. Magic trick. <laughs> uh, what were we up to? What was the other one you said? I don't know. Who plays tomorrow? Us and yeah, it's a doubleheader tomorrow night. Yeah. Did they announce the game time oh, for Toronto, game five? Of course. Oh, they did. So yeah, five o'clock start Florida Toronto. Eight o'clock start Edmonton Vegas. They dropped the puck early last night too. Did you notice that? No, it was I like didn't. an eight ten puck drop, I think. What time is it supposed to be? I well, usually when it's the second of that back to back, it's like eight twenty two. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, that was nice. I know Greg has said in his show it'd be around eight ten, so I just assumed. But um, yeah, thanks NHL for only being ten minutes late for your your scheduled ice time. <laughs> but, but yeah, we'll see. What, have you announced what time the game is on Sunday? Actually, because that was TBD. No, it's still TBD. Okay. I it would depend because the Leafs, right? Oh, yeah. So if the Leafs force another game, they'd probably go some sort of a doubleheader. Although I wouldn't be surprised if they knocked up the Leafs game a little bit and did because it's Sunday. If they did like a three o'clock mountain, three o'clock mountain, six o'clock mountain kind of thing on mm-hmm. Sunday to get max viewers. Makes a lot of sense. And if it's just the Oilers, I could see five o'clock mountain again. Yeah, which is delightful. That's fine. On Mother's Day too. Sunday's yeah. Mother's Day. Yeah. Get a win the moms what they want. Hey. And that would be the Oilers finding a way to advance to round two on round Sunday. Or sorry, round three. Yes. Round three. Oh, man. Uh, Streeter says, can we get some love for uh, Nick Bukestad? We sure can. We should. We didn't talk about that. He got that game started the right way. That turnover he forced, that's just kind of mm. dog on a bone stuff. Costin fires it, misses the net. Bukestad's on it. Aiden Hill, don't know what he's doing. Too worried about being a spaz and couldn't stop the wraparound. Um, Bukestad, was nice to see him get on the board for the first time this series as well. I like Zach Lang at a good tweet. In this house, we stand. Tall Derek Ryan. Shout out to Tyler Mulek. Yes, tall Derek Ryan. Uh, Bukestad has been a very effective player, I've thought. There's obviously been a couple of times he's fallen apart. Not fallen apart, fallen off his low. Yeah, he's plateaued a little. 
But also for a man that we're paying 400K, boy, oh boy, is he yeah. getting you a value out of it. And I mean, considering the, the uh, what was it, the, the cheap forward we brought in last season at the yeah. deadline, the fact that like the Oilers trusted him enough to play on the second line for periods of the series show yeah. the level of, of commitment they have to him. And I was kind of thinking about this on the way and I think he's a guy you can't allow to walk in the off season. Obviously if the price gets kind of out of range, but if you're so looking that. at like a decent value for him, I think he'd be a great fit. I mean, him and Derek that. Ryan back, if they're each willing to do it for like a million bucks, would be really interesting. I just don't know if that's the most I would pay is like one and a half, 1.7 for Bukestad. If he's going to be your third line setter and he's killing short term deal. Yeah. One, one year, two year. I mean, he's been very good. I scored 20 goals overall this season. I think you're, he actually would. If your right? centers next year were McDavid, Drysaddle, Bukestad, McLeod, you're probably pretty happy. Yeah. So la- that last night was his 20th goal of the season. All everything considered. Everything considered. That's good really season. good. Yeah. It's a really good season. All right. Tomorrow, short for Giant Game Day edition of the show. No show Saturday. Back on Sunday. Confirmed because mm-hmm. there will be a game six between the Oilers and Golden Knights tomorrow. Is uh, it's gonna be tomorrow's gonna be a spicy one again? I think. I think one team obviously will feel a bit of pressure towards the end, and mm-hmm. maybe we'll get a similar reaction. But maybe we'll finally get a close game in this series as well. I I do think this game five would be the best of both teams. Yeah. Ironically, both teams might be missing their best defenseman. It's something we'll, we'll find it out on something. that one. I think in probably about. Uh, keep it locked on the 30. socials, yeah, for yeah. Uh, for the results of the Nurse and Petrangelo suspensions or non-suspensions, potentially. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button before you go. Tons of people watching the show today, so we hope to see you again tomorrow. Frey Sherwood for Giant Game Day, a thing. Shout out to Betway. Shout out to Sean Bell for our yes. friends at Star Mechanical, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. The cooler question for Labatt Canada and Greta, where we will be partying very hard tomorrow night. Boston Pizza, the new analytics menu. And AMA Travel, head to amatravel.ca slash dreams to find out more about how they can make your summer one to remember. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk tomorrow. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.